0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The RR Show, the best show on the internet until I say otherwise. Happy Thanksgiving to our friends across the pond and anyone else that celebrates Thanksgiving. And from us, here is a special Thanksgiving bonus episode. Jumping in with our first story from Ancient Educator, you need to change this right now. I'd be happy to. No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I teach in Arizona, home of one of the most underrated education systems in America. In my humble opinion, I think we do great work here. It's the end of the marking period, and my school has a US standard A, B, C, D, or F grading system. I also teach an algebra class to 8th graders, a year ahead in our parts who are either smart enough or their parents want them to be smart enough, parents are allowed to opt in. It's the law. As we come to the end of the year and I'm posting grades, I am reminded of this time last year when I got to serve up some compliance that was as delicious as it was malicious. I had a parent of one young buck actually come up to me in person while I was on after-school duty to discuss an issue he had with grading. For all the teachers out there, I'm feeling the wave of FERPA violation coming over you." Yes, this is true, and I told him I can't discuss grades in a public setting. I didn't get to the word setting entirely before he interrupts me and says, Bullshit! We're at school and this is my kid. I'm the one giving permission here, so let me ask you. I'm thinking to myself, been doing that a lot lately, Great, I guess we're doing this while I'm directing traffic. I then realise the issue of safety, so I'm like, Sir, I need to direct tra- And then he continues talking utter nonsense. I could only imagine I wasn't really listening at this point. While I'm looking down the road for more cars to wave down for pickup. He's just going and going. I hear a word or two like, You said, and he's already turned in that. And finally, as I get to a lull and look at him, he says to me, And there is no way you can veil my child and put the comment, Pleasure to have in class! You need to change this right now! Enter the light bulb of malicious compliance. That's my third light bulb reference today, by the way. The lull was about to pick back up when I say, You know what? You make a good point. I don't know what I was thinking. I'll change it the second I'm done here. Which is actually possible because I've always got my iPad on me pretty much all the time. My wife gets jealous. The Karen of a dad walked back to his parked car with his child visible and looking at me from the passenger side and I swear he actually said, That's what I'm for. Which if you're unfamiliar, is the thing said to when you've lost an argument that could have been a fight because you chickened out. Not responding to this is conceding defeat, usually. As the dad finishes his little strut to his car, I give the kid a thumbs up, a la Bloodspot. Just Google OK USA, definitely a laugh. And the kid slowly gives me a sheepish thumbs up back. Hilarious. The kid seems to somehow know what the dad doesn't. The second I get to a secure, private location, I go into the grade books and change the comment from pleasure to have in class to Respectful to teachers and staff, which is more than I can say for the kid's dad. Needless to say, he still got an F. Deserved. And yes, I made this change on the toilet. Ah, nothing better than petty malicious compliance. Executed. From the warm seat of a porcelain throne. Chatting shit while taking a shit. Taking the piss while taking the piss. You know, I'm going to stop with the toilet puns. But if you guys have better ones, share them with me on the Discord. That'd be hilarious. If you're not on the Discord, go to therrshow.com and there'll be a link there for you. Our next story is from a confused person. My ex demanded child support from me for a kid that's not mine. My mother and sister are on their side. Some years ago, I dated a girl. The relationship was bad. She was very controlling and abusive. It ended up really bad and we broke up. I kept going on with my life, and after some years I got a decent job, enough to solve all my needs, have a comfortable life, and even make some savings. The thing is, a couple of months after getting my job, my ex contacted me. She first asked me to talk. I believed she may want to reconnect or something, but she showed up with a 5-year-old child claiming he was my son and demanding child support. I didn't believe her, but the child age matched the time since we cut contact. I got advice from a lawyer, a friend of mine, to try and solve this out of court. I offered to take responsibility, pay all the costs, and being an active part of the kid's life only after taking a DNA test. Everyone was okay with this except for my ex. She acted offended and demanded to just give her the money she deserved. She used all of the excuses she could, even contacted my family and told them I was trying to avoid taking responsibility for her child. When she ran out of excuses, and the DNA test was finally made, and surprise, I'm not the father, she was mad with the result and cried about the money, saying it was unfair and she deserved it. But she didn't accomplish anything. Moving on to the last week, there was a little party at my parents' house. My brother, a friend, and I were talking, and my brother started to joke about the situation with my ex. My friend and I started to joke about it too. Some of our comments were a little dark and bad, but we were far away from the rest of the people. Literally, we were on the opposite side of the house, and nobody else could hear us. At least, that's what we thought. We were laughing like crazies when my sister appeared very angry and pushed me against the wall. She'd been spying on us and heard our conversation, and she was pissed. She started to yell at us about how horrible people we were for mocking a poor woman. Few hours later, when the party ended, she asked me to go to the kitchen with our parents, and she started to say how awful I was for the previous situation. Apparently, my ex had been in contact with her, And she believed her version, and that was her way to have an intervention. My brother and I were like, Are you fucking serious? When she started to say how I forced my ex to be a single mother, and that I had the moral obligation to help her. My dad only said that we maybe were being too cruel making jokes of her, but that I wasn't responsible for that kid. My mum then surprised all of us when she said, Even if the kid's not yours, you're making more than enough money to support that child. You should have helped her." Since then, I'd been receiving texts, my dad and my brother on my side, saying I'm not responsible for her but my sister is telling me how horrible I am for ruining their lives. My mum only said, It's your decision and I respect it. I'm just very disappointed that you ended up being so selfish. I'm aware she doesn't deserve my money and I'm not planning on giving her any. But the constant harassment of my sister trying to guilt me, it's just exhausting. It's a very easy way of solving that one. Just just tell her, hey look, ex, get the real dad to send me the money for child support and then I'll forward it to you. Perfectly fair for everyone. All right, onto our next story from throwaway. This one should be good then. Today I fucked up by not going to the toilet at Six Form. Six Forms UK college, by the way. Okay, so just for some context, my therapist said posting this somewhere anonymously might help me move on except forget what happened because I was so upset about it. This happened last week, and whilst it's still so, so embarrassing, I guess in a way it's funny now since this could happen to anyone. Also no, I've never shat myself before apart from as a child, which is why I was so upset. So on Tuesday, I'm in college 9 till 4, so I can't just not eat until I get home like I usually do to avoid needing the toilet whilst at college. I ate McDonald's at around 11.30 and by 12, I needed to shit. This was even worse because I had no lessons until 2, but not enough time to go home and poo and then get back in time since I live pretty far away. I am way, way too awkward to poo in a public toilet, but as we're walking around, my stomach is starting to really hurt, and I keep having to fart. As we're walking back to college, it's starting to get unbearably bad, and now my friends are starting to notice me acting weird. At this point, I start looking for toilets, but as I only just started college in September, I didn't know where any were. So I just said that I feel sick, and I'm gonna go home. I panic, literally waddle to the nearest bus stop, where one of my friends was. So of course, she starts talking to me and then sits next to me on the bus. I'm trying to stay calm and just hope like this feeling of urgency will pass. But it literally started coming in waves of pain and stomach cramps. Now, the embarrassing part. Around 15 minutes later, We were, like, halfway to the bus station. And this absolutely horrible feeling came on that I just couldn't hold it in. I hadn't shit myself. But my body sort of involuntarily pushed. And it was, like, poking out, which felt absolutely horrible. It smelled so bad. And the worst part was it was slightly touching my underwear. So I had to like awkwardly hover over my seat. I'm sat there overthinking feelings like I'm about to have a panic attack because I feel like I can't hold it in any longer. And at this point, I'm texting my friend who sat literally next to me saying, we need to just get off the bus because I need the toilet. And she starts laughing because of the smell. So I got off and she followed me. Now, people in the streets are all staring at me because I'm literally grabbing my ass through my jeans and am walking like I've just shat myself. I'm in tears from how bad my stomach hurts whilst my friend is almost crying laughing at me and I just knew I wasn't going to make it to the nearest toilet, which was at least a five-minute walk. I just stood still out of desperation and started to fully shit myself and I physically couldn't stop it. It felt absolutely disgusting because I had to walk to some toilets. It was so bad that a literal turd slid down my leg and onto the floor in public. I cleaned up as best as I could, threw my undies in the bin, and tried to hide the stain on my jeans with my coat. Then I got the bus home and properly got it all off me in the shower before throwing the jeans and socks away.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where
1: prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18+. plus.
0: All right, so apparently this is going to be a toilets episode. Wonderful. Our next story is from DoubleJ369. I would like a raise and time off. And... I want to start this off by clarifying that it is not my story. It's the story of someone very close to me and I will leave out a large amount of specific detail because quite a bit of the info is not mine to reveal. The build-up to the revenge is that this person had a horrible employer. She worked HR and managed payroll at what was effectively a nursing home. I don't know why they call themselves that, but it's what they are. The company had a, uh... Bit of a good old boys club going on with all of the highest-level management being older men, who all did less work and got more pay than pretty much everyone else. There were regular complaints for women being mistreated and many women were fired for absolutely absurd reasons, followed by their male co-workers getting raises. That in and of itself was bad, but it's not what instigated the need for revenge. What caused the burning desire to get back at the company was when the company fired my friend's manager, who was a woman, because she took a week off after literally breaking a leg. Badly. The HR department was already badly understaffed, so my friend had to take on the responsibilities of this manager, without any pay bonus. She requested a pay bonus multiple times, denied each time. A month or so later, the company hires a new manager to replace the old one, at nearly twice the salary. This new manager is an older man. Now, I'm not actually entirely sure what this guy actually did during the day, because my friend continued to do all of the managerial tasks. And she knows that for a fact, because the guy's account didn't have access to the system he needed access to and he never asked for that access. For six months, my friend showed this manager issues with their system, including payroll, and explained that she was not only the only employee who knew how to use the payroll system, but she was the only one with access to it. The sexist douchebag ignored her, and made regular comments about how she was replaceable and useless. One day, She loses her shit. She sets up a bot with her credentials to automatically assign her pay each period, according to her actual salary, so not stealing anything. She then carefully plans her next move, and puts in her two-week notice, right before a large department-wide week off, and right before her co-worker has a two-week vacation. She would still have time to train the co-worker, even if the co-worker was in the country. The manager still dismissed her, thinking he could just hire someone new who knew what they were doing. Little did he know, she had tweaked with the payroll software over her time there. Nothing super awful, but it was very different from what the base software was. She was the only person who knew how to properly use it, And the only person in the whole company, including the CEO, who had access to the necessary numbers to actually run the payroll. When she leaves after two weeks, the company has two whole pay periods where they do not pay their employees. They can't. But my friend still gets paid because they never disabled her automatic payment thingy. They couldn't. Eventually, they called her and basically begged her to consult with them on their payroll. For the past six months, she's been paid $250 an hour for five hours a week to run the company's payroll. Fully remote, even though there was an in-person job before. And to top it all off, she doesn't even actually work the five hours. She wrote a script on her personal device to process payroll for her. She just has to press one button. She's working another job now, but damn, she really kicked them in the ass for their shit. Personally, I am a very big believer in that things should be paid based on what they're worth, not how long it takes to do them. You should be rewarding efficient people, not punishing them. Our next story is from Crispy982 Why I Never Trust a Clown? Before anything. A little backstory. I was 10 at the time and was visiting my hometown, Ecuador, for the summer. At that time, I knew just about everyone in my small town of and so did my parents, which is why they let me go on my own that day. Anyway, here's my encounter. Back when I was 10 years old, my family decided to take a visit to my hometown of Ecuador. We went for the summer and planned out just about our whole stay. One day, my mum and dad were getting ready to go to a wedding and I was in the house with them. My big sister went over to a friend's house and my other relatives had already left for the wedding. I was supposed to stay at home, alone for the duration, but I saw that it was a beautiful day out and decided to ask my mum and dad to go to the park. There was no more than like two blocks away. They were reluctant at first, stating there would be no one to take care of me. But I argued that it was a beautiful day out and there was no way that the park would be empty. They kept getting dressed as I kept on arguing, until finally they gave in. They said I can go to the park as long as I was back before dark. I agreed and ran outside to head for the park. It took me no more than 10 minutes to get there and I was ready to make new friends and play around. But oddly enough, there was nobody else in the park. It looked abandoned, which was weird seeing how this was one of the two parks in the whole city. It should have been packed, but I paid no mind to it. I believe I ran over to a swing set or a slide. I don't know, it's 12 years ago. I can't remember and played around as you do. As I played, I suddenly heard a voice from the distance. A clown was on the other side of a gate and motioning for me to get closer. Behind him was a white van, which I had noticed before but just thought it was a delivery truck of sorts. I slowly started walking towards the clown and stopped a good distance away from him. He asked me in Spanish, Hey, kid, do you like clowns? I nodded to him and he gave me that clown frown and then said, Well, let me see if I can change that. He opened up his car, and by looking inside, I saw there was only two boxes, though I wasn't sure what they were filled with, and that was it. No seats, no posters, just two boxes, and then complete emptiness. Being a child, I still paid no mind to it and watched as he pulled out a deflated balloon. He wrapped his lips around the end and blew till the balloon was fully inflated. He tied the end and started to form the balloon into a balloon animal of a dog. He showed it to me and smiled. He then motioned me to come closer, to which I complied. He handed me the balloon and said, Do you like? I nodded yes, this time and gave him a little smile. He then grinned in the creepiest way possible. The grin was so creepy that even as a kid, I knew to back away a bit. The clown then said that if I wanted to see the rest of his tricks, I'd have to get into the truck. I told him the exit was on the other side of the park and I wouldn't be able to climb the small gate. He then said a few words that still haunt me to this day. Get a little closer, and I'll carry you over. Then we can have loads of fun in my truck. Come on, kitty. While saying that, he still had that creepy grin plastered across his face. I merely backed away and told him, No, it's okay, sir. His grin turned to anger as though he was annoyed at this. He placed his hands on his hips and said to me, Oh! but we're going to have so much fun!" Right when he said that, I heard a voice on the other side of the park yelling, "'Son! Son, I'm here to pick you up!' I turned and saw a man that I recognized as a local neighbor. He was not my real father, obviously, but the little me knew to run over to him. I said nothing to the clown. I just ran to the man and gave him a hug. The man waved to the clown and said, Thanks for keeping my kid entertained. To which the clown replied, No problem. As we turned around, I was able to hear the man murmur. "Sick fuck." I looked at him and asked, Sir, what exactly is going on? He gave a sigh and explained everything. As it turns out, that was not a real clown. He had been a man kidnapping kids across Ecuador. He'd lure kids with his clown costume and take them away to God knows where. The people of my town had a feeling he was coming to our town, which was why the whole park was deserted. He said that he was walking by when he noticed that I was talking to the clown and ran over basically to save me. As he told me this, he also dialed for the police and reported the incident. We had finally arrived at my house and this man said, be careful who you talk with, son. Not everyone is who they seem. I gave him one final hug and gave him thanks for saving me from that sick fuck. He gave me a rub on the head and said, ah, It's okay, my boy, now hurry on. I have my own things to worry about. I nodded and ran to the house. Nobody was there, and by the time they returned, I'd decided to just not tell anyone since I knew they would flip the fuck out. It took a while to forget about the whole incident. Especially with those words, it kept reminding me of him. But I soon forgot. Till I came across this page and memories of that clown flooded my head. I'm not sure what happened to the sicko, but hopefully he's now behind bars. Hopefully. So, to that creepy clown from long, long ago, let's not meet. Well, ladies and gentle folks, that brings us to the end of this special episode of the RR Show. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you across the pond and anyone else that celebrates that. I'm not American, but I am still going to go and eat way too much in celebration, because why not? Any holiday that involves food, I am completely on board with. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you in the next one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed Terror takes center stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence. Delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat